At the end of President Trump's first term, he says, hopefully, at the end of that term, President Trump established something called the 1776 Commission. The 1776 Commission sought to overturn the historical revision that attempts to reframe our country's history and attack the very foundations of our country. So the 1776 commission seeks to undermine the 1619 project, which attempts to cast our country in a very negative light. And Joe Biden, now that he is president, has decided in the spirit of unity and healing and moving our country forward, he's going to completely scrap the 1776 commission. Look, in the weeks ahead, I'll be uh, reaffirming the federal government's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion and accessibility, building on the work we started in the Obama-Biden administration. That's why I'm rescinding the previous administration's harmful ban on diversity and sensitivity training and abolish the offensive counterfactual 1776 commission. Unity and healing must begin with understanding and truth not ignorance and lies. He's going to get rid of the offensive 1776 commission. He is going to permit sensitivity training, also known as re-education, all in the spirit of unity and healing. Well, if the 1776 commission, which sees our country as good, is offensive and untrue, then I guess our president thinks that our country is wicked to the core. He is not the 1776 president. He's the 1619 Project president. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday from John Helton, who says, if your insurrection lasts more than four hours, consult your doctor immediately. Great advice from Chuck Schumer. That's true. That's that's always got to be the disclaimer that he puts on, on all of his political advice. It's true. You don't want those insurrections to last more than four hours. As actually, as far as I can tell, the Capitol Hill riot did not last more than four hours and the BLM and Antifa riots lasted more than four months. So just, just important to keep in mind when you are comparing those things. When you want to comparison shop, by the way, you got to check out Select Quote. Select Quote, comparison shops up highly rated companies, including Prudential, Banner Life, and Mutual of Omaha, among others to find you the company with the best rates. For example, SelectQuote could find a 35-year-old man a half-million-dollar policy for under $19 a month. That is less than a dollar a day. A cup of coffee costs more than that. It costs a lot more than that, actually, depending on where you go. SelectQuote's breakthrough technology allows them to quickly match you with the best insurance company to find your best policy, plus the quotes are free. You know, I just recently became a father, And so I I was thinking about this a little bit more. It's just about peace of mind. The one thing that really I think could keep me up at night is thinking that you might leave your family without, uh, without anything. If, if, uh, God forbid something happened, don't let that happen to you. Just be responsible, do the right thing. Give yourself peace of mind. Let select quote, save you time and money. Get your free quote at selectquote.com today. That is selectquote.com for your free quote. Don't put it off protecting your family one more day selectquote.com. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors not available in all states. Great way to find yourself some terrific insurance. Go to selectquote. Joe Biden, there's no other way to put it. He is the 1619 Project president. 
broadly speaking, without getting too into the weeds on the New York Times 1619 project and the 1776 commission, the 1776 commission says that America broadly is good. That is the framing of American history that it begins with. The 1619 project explicitly, it says it right on the first page, seeks to reframe American history to cast it in a negative light. So according to the 1619 project, America is essentially rotten, evil, corrupt to the core. Joe Biden has picked a side. In his first days in office, the guy has been in office now for like seven days. I, I guess today it is, it is coming up on a week that Joe Biden has been in office. And he's already, he's not just pushing these kind of smaller, less ambitious policies. He is instituting sensitivity training, which is a politically correct euphemism for politically correct brainwashing, right? For re-education classes. And part and parcel of that is he's going to revise American history. And, and this ties in with an issue that we were talking about yesterday. I have to revisit it because I got in so much trouble for my views. And I didn't even get in trouble with the left. I got in trouble really with conservatives who are, who think that I'm too conservative or something. This issue of, of kicking out Han, uh, Andrew Jackson from the $20 bill and putting Harriet Tubman on there. I saw a lot of conservatives yesterday who were tweeting out as if to win the applause of the left. And they were saying, listen, leftists, I haven't seen a single conservative who isn't totally on board with kicking out Andrew Jackson and putting Harriet Tubman on the 20. Please show me the one conservative. Okay, here it is. I'm, I'm the one conservative. You found me. I guess you guys weren't, weren't looking too hard because here I am. <laughs> and I don't think it's just me, by the way. I think a lot of Americans don't want to kick Andrew Jackson off the $20 bill. They don't want to castigate Jackson and say he was an awful, rotten, terrible person. And Jackson really is just, he's just an easy target. But this, this campaign, which comes from the 1776 project and affiliated groups seeks to overturn all of our venerated forebears. It's not just going to stop at Jackson. It's going to go to Jefferson and Washington and Lincoln. It already is. They're already toppling statues of those guys. I think there are a lot of Americans who feel that way. And I, I understand that there are, are many conservatives who really want to prove to the left that they're not racist. <laughs> but I, I have to promise you that the left already thinks you're a racist and they also don't care whether or not you're a racist. If you are, what, what is racism? Racism is the unjust discrimination against people and antagonism of people on the basis of their race. It is wrong because it is an offense against human dignity. That's it. If you're not that, then don't worry about it. You don't need to prove anything to the left. You won't be able to prove anything to the left. It's very pitiful to try to prove these things to the left. They are not going to start liking you because you're saying mean things about Andrew Jackson. They don't like you. <laughs> okay, sorry. Pretending to love the Harriet Tubman $20 bill is not going to save you from the gulags, be they digital or otherwise. It's just so lame. This is why we lose every cultural issue. This is it, guys. I, you know, we, when we look back on all the crazy politically correct cultural changes that have happened, we say, why didn't conservatives stand up? I mean, let's use the gendered bathrooms for a second. The, you know, boys can use the girls room or whatever. 
We said, why, how on earth did we get to this place? Why didn't we stand up? Well, the reason that we got to this place is because every time the issue was actually hot, actually, every time it was actually happening, conservatives who wanted to go along to get along said, oh, who cares? It's not a big deal. They did. They did it even with the bathrooms. There were many conservatives who said, oh, it, it does. It, who cares? It, it affects very few people. Let's, it's fine. If some, if some boys are confused and think they're girls, let's just, it's fine. Let's not, I don't want people to think I'm a bigot or a this phobe or a that phobe. So let's, let's just not touch it. We're going to redefine marriage. Well, let's, I don't want people to think I'm a bigot of some, let's just, let's not touch it. We're going to redefine whole norms in society. Let's not touch it. We're going to institute new legal racial discrimination in the form of affirmative action. Well, let's, I don't want to, who, who cares? It's not a big deal. It only affects a few slots at a university. It only affects a few jobs. Please, let's, let's go along to get along. This is the same thing, guys. Do not, do not tell me. Who cares? When we say that these cultural issues don't matter, like the Harriet Tubman $20 bill doesn't matter, we give away the whole game. When we say, oh, forget about that. Let's just talk about the economy. The cultural issues, not only do they not not matter, the cultural issues pretty much are the only thing that matters. What profiteth a nation to have GDP through the roof, but to lose its whole culture? That's not, that's not what matters. And conservatives need to shake themselves out of this very silly idea that all that matters is tax cuts and bumping up GDP a little bit so that Jeff Bezos can buy a new yacht. That's not what matters. You know what matters? Preserving our traditions, preserving our love of country, preserving our local communities, preserving our venerated figures and forebears and rituals. That's what matters. And it'd be nice to get low taxes too, but that is going to come downstream. Okay. The, the economic policy is going to come downstream of that cultural policy. When you say it doesn't matter, who cares? It's a $20 bill. It doesn't matter. Well, you know, it, it matters to me. It matters, I think, to a great number of conservatives. So good. If it doesn't matter, then let it go. Right? It, it, if it doesn't really matter, then fine. Then we won't change it. Because you're, you're the one who wants to change it, leftist. And I'm the one who doesn't want to change it. And you say it doesn't matter and no one cares. And I say I care. So good. Let it go. Oh, they're not going to let it go, though, because they do care. And they care for a reason, because they know that the framing of our nation in the minds of its citizens is the whole game. It will utterly transform the politics. That's why Joe Biden is so eager to cancel the 1776 commission and to castigate it as offensive, offensive to, to, to love your country. That will not get us unity. But the left, of course, does not want unity. The left does not want unity at all. They want more and more division. We talked about this a little bit yesterday after Chris Cuomo was uh, like, a, like some sort of demon, you know, uh, loving it while this child was talking about how he turned his dad into the FBI after his dad went to the steel, stop the steel rally in D.C. And Chris Cuomo said, yeah, go on, tell me more about this. What, soci- what, what the left does is it wants to break down every single traditional institution. So it goes after the church. It goes after voluntary associations. It goes after specifically the family. Because for the left, the essential unit of society is the individual. And some libertarians buy into this stuff too, but it's just 
silly and wrong and contrary to human nature. In fact, as conservatives understand, the fundamental social institution is the family. That's the unit. We're not born free-floating atoms. We're born with, from a mother and a father who loved each other. We're born out of that love. Ultimately, we're born out of the love that our creator has for us. And we have loyalty to them, and we have duty to them, and we have obligation to them. And the left has to break all of that up. So unity isn't going to work. They, what they have to do is they have to break down the country, all the institutions, all the churches, all of the families that has been at the heart of revolutionary movements from the beginning. And then they bind us all back together as we're all individuals. And then our best relationship we have is with the state. Barack Obama ran on this. He called it the life of Julia in 2020. They scrubbed it from the internet because it was so creepy. But that is the kind of unity that they're talking about. We have to be strong. One great way to be strong, by the way, is to check out Beachbody. I want my beach body. You should check out yours too. It's been a while since I had exercised. So I've started exercising again and it hurts a lot, but it doesn't matter. No pain, no gain. Beach Body On Demand offers over 1,500 at-home workouts plus nutrition plans. So no matter what your goals are, they have a program that'll help you build and keep healthy habits. You know, I had not worked out for about eight months. Seriously, I was writing my book. I, was, I had the kid coming on the way. And then I just decided I want to get my new beach body. So I started working out again. Physically, it kind of hurts, but it feels good too. It feels good to be more active, be more in shape. Beachbody is a great way to do it. It's great for all fitness levels, whether you're a beginner or whether you're a sort of hulking Adonis like I am. You can go check it out. They even have workout calendars and progress trackers. You can do them as quickly as 10 minutes a day that don't require extra equipment. So for anybody, you don't, you don't have any excuses. You can look at the workouts on your computer, smart TV, tablet, smartphone, Roku, Apple TV, Chromecast. I could go on and on and on. Right now, listeners to The Michael Knowles Show can try it absolutely free. It is time to get in shape, get a special free trial, no obligation membership. Text Knowles to 303030. You will get full access to the entire platform, all the workouts, nutrition information, and support totally free. Text Knowles to 303030. Go be strong, get your beach body. One way that some misguided senators are trying to give us unity is by impeaching the president. <laughs> so Mitt Romney, who I've been uncharacteristically nice to recently because he's been saying some halfway decent things now that he's in the Senate minority and it doesn't matter and he can sort of mouth off and pretend to be conservative. However, Mitt Romney is reverting back to his old ways. He was just on uh, Chris Wallace's Sunday show and he says, very, very important for the purpose of unity to impeach the ex-president. We're certainly going to have a trial. Uh, I, I wish that weren't necessary, but the, the president's conduct with regards to the call, the secretary of state Raffensperger in Georgia, uh, as well as the incitation towards the insurrection uh, that led to the attack on the Capitol, uh, calls for a trial. And, uh, uh, you know, if we're going to have uh, unity in our country, I think it's important to recognize the need for accountability, uh, for truth and justice. So I think there will be a trial and I hope it goes as quickly as possible, but that's up to the council on both sides. For, for unity, we're going to have to impeach the ex-president, something we've never done in this country, something that would be so unprecedented after a bitterly contested presidential election where many of the rules of the election and the safeguards for election integrity were just completely thrown out in the weeks and months before the election. Places like Pennsylvania, notably, where they violated the state constitution to take away those safeguards by instituting widespread unsolicited mail-in votes. That, that sort of, so you're telling me after all of that, the way you're going to have unity 
is by taking an unprecedented action and impeaching an ex-president? Of course not. Listen to the language. So vague, truth and justice. Now I totally support truth and justice, but notice how vague he's being about it. He's not making those connections. It's all abstractions. It's all out there. Uh, Romney is not the only person calling for this. There are other Republicans, prominent Republicans, who are calling for this. Now, one of the most prominent Republicans doing this is Meghan McCain on The View. And I'm, I'm not going to uh, beat up on Meghan McCain for calling for the impeachment, mainly because Donald Trump was very mean to her dad. <laughs> and so I, I get it. You know, I sort of understand why she might not like the guy. But listen, listen to Meghan's argument as to why we need to impeach the, the former president, Donald Trump. I'm a lifelong conservative, unlike a lot of these heretics. I mean, I was born into this, raised into it. It's my whole entire life and in all ways. And I truly at the bottom of my soul, I think, as all of you know, I, I believe in the principles I was raised on. It is very difficult for me to come on this show right now because I've always prided myself on having my finger on the tenor of what's going on in conservative circles. Even when I didn't agree with Trump, I, I you know, I'm not a squish. I'm not someone who went full brainwashed Lincoln project that everything that's conservative conservative is a, a bastion of evil and I must reject it and atone myself. I, I'm not that kind of Republican or conservative, but right now I cannot defend this. I believe President Trump should be impeached. I believe we have to take a stand and have a fine line about what is acceptable for a president to do or not. He incited a riot. People got violent. People died. Full stop. Okay. So as I said, I'm not, I'm not going to go after really the, the substance here because, uh, you know, if Trump were or as tough on my father as he was on Megan's father. Uh, maybe I'd feel differently about the man. Uh, obviously, Megan McCain and I disagree on on impeachment and uh, and I suppose on Trump more broadly. But I want to focus in on on one word she said: president. President. She said it's very important to impeach President Trump. There is no President Trump. President Trump is gone. There is former President Trump. And sometimes in this country, we refer to former presidents as president, but we're actually not supposed to. As a matter of etiquette, you, you really shouldn't refer to former presidents as Mr. President or President Bush or President Clinton, because there's only one president. There's only, and it's, it actually does get to, uh, we, we do it to be polite. I've, I've done it myself, but as a matter of Republican virtue, lowercase r, there's only one president at one time. There's only one governor at one time. You really shouldn't. Uh, to, we, to be polite, we sometimes say, you know, Governor Huntsman or Governor Pataki, or, but really you shouldn't. There's only one. And the Constitution does not establish a process to impeach ex-presidents, just to impeach the president. That is why, by the way, at this alleged impeachment trial, the Chief Justice is not going to preside. The chief justice only presides, according to the constitution, at, at an impeachment trial when you impeach the president. But we're not, unless, unless it's a bait and switch and this whole thing is just cocaine Mitch's big ruse to convince Democrats that they're impeaching Trump, but then ac accidentally they end up impeaching Biden. That would be hilarious. And I wouldn't put him past Mr. Cocaine. He is a slippery one. But unless that happens, chief justice can't be there. Now you might say, well, Michael, we've, we've impeached ex-judges before, which is true. There, we, we talked about this a little bit on, on the Verdicts podcast with Senator Cruz. There have been times that, that, that ex-officials have been impeached according to various laws. But the president is no ordinary official. 
An impeachment trial in the Senate is no ordinary impeachment. It is laid out, the process is laid out explicitly in the U.S. Constitution. And the Constitution provides no route to impeach a former president. Rand Paul, who has been extraordinarily impressive recently, just came out and gave a fiery speech about the farce that that whole process has become. The Constitution says the president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Article 1, Section 3, Clause 6 states, when the president of the United States is tried, the chief justice shall preside. As of noon last Wednesday, Donald Trump holds none of the positions listed in the Constitution. He is a private citizen. The presiding officer is not the chief justice, nor does he claim to be. His presence and the chief justice's absence, chief justice's absence, demonstrate that this is not a trial of the president, but of a private citizen. Therefore, I make a point of order that this proceeding, which would try a private citizen and not a president, a vice president, or civil officer, violates the Constitution and is not in order. You tell him, Rand, absolutely true. And his speech was not technically persuasive in that they, they took a vote yesterday in the Senate to either throw out the impeachment trial completely or to go on with the impeachment trial. And unfortunately, it was determined after that vote that they would go on with the impeachment trial. So in that sense, Rand Paul's speech was not persuasive. But in the most important sense, it was persuasive because the vote was 45 senators voting against continuing this impeachment trial. If you have 45 senators, do you get these 45 Republicans to vote against the impeachment trial, then what you are showing broadly is that the Democrats don't have the votes for impeachment. It's not just a simple majority to convict the president. He's already been impeached in the house. It's not just to convict the ex-president. I'm sorry. He's already been impeached in the house. You need what? Two thirds to convict in the Senate. They don't have that. So it's dead on arrival. And Mitch McConnell made that point himself. If the trial is not going to result in a conviction, then it's a complete waste of the Senate's time. And frankly, for that, for that matter, I'm all for it. (laughs) I want to waste the Senate's time under the Biden administration when, when the Democrats have unified government. I want evidence to be presented from the Trump side. I want, I want President Trump. It's it's going to be a little tricky because you've got to massage some of the squishy Republicans. I want the Trump team at this impeachment trial to go out and present all of the evidence of voting irregularities, of changing election laws right before the election to benefit Democrats, of violating state constitutions. It might only be tangential to the case, but I totally want that. And I, and I want people for at least some time to refer to President Trump, <laughs> right? If they're impeaching him, I guess he's the real president. I guess he's the legitimate president, right? <laughs> I think we could have a lot of fun with that. Now that it's pretty clear, Democrats are not going to convict. And and by the way, if you are in a position where you're the only president who's ever been impeached twice and they never convict you and they've been trying to undermine you since you first ran for office and the incumbent spied on your campaign to try to prevent you from ascending to the office in the first place, that is not a mark of shame. 
The left wants to pretend that t- double impeachment is a mark of shame. When the, the powers that are impeaching you are so corrupt, it's a badge of honor. President Trump should be uh, very, very happy about that. And it shows you, by the way, these, these conservatives, these Republicans who are coming out now against impeachment, maybe they're doing it because it's their judgment and that's the best lights they can follow. But I think they also see that the Republican base is not going to tolerate a vote for conviction, nor should they. The left is coming at all of us right now. Do you know they even kicked off our friend Mike Lindell? They kicked him off of Twitter. They did. So the best way I think to get back at them is to go buy a MyPillow. There has never been a better or more important time to go check out MyPillow. You know Mike Lindell. He's a great conservative guy. I, I have often said I would buy Mike Lindell's products even if they weren't great. They are the best pillows I have ever used. They don't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They're just amazing. Simple, extraordinarily high quality. For a limited time, MyPillow is offering their premium MyPillows for their lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium MyPillow, regularly $69.98 for only $29.98. That's a $40 savings. The kings are only five bucks more. The left is really going after Mike. They're really going after MyPillow because he's an outspoken conservative and, and he just happens to have some of the best product out there. And certainly in, in terms of, of pillows, in terms of his field, his, his product, you can't beat him. Go over there right now, support Mike Lindell, mypillow.com. Click on the radio listeners square. There you will find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all my pillow products, including the Giza dream sheets, the my pillow mattress topper and my pillow towel sets, or you can call 800-651-1148. Use promo code daily wire. You should go check it out for yourself. Also, by the way, earlier this month, we released our first movie, Run, Hide, Fight, exclusively for Daily Wire members. You can catch it over at dailywire.com. You know that the critics hated this movie because it's not politically correct. So they gave it like a 0% score on Rotten Tomatoes. They gave it like a negative score pretty much on Rotten Tomatoes. But the audience gave it, I think, a 93% score. That's with over 2,000 reviews in. Head on over if you're not a Daily Wire member yet. You can watch the movie on our website on our streaming apps at Apple TV and Roku. Right now, you'll save 25% if you use promo code RHF. That is for Run, Hide, Fight. Use that code RHF at dailywire.com. Save 25%. We'll be right back with a lot more. There is some more good news coming out of the continued persecution of Donald Trump. They try and they try and they try. We now know that the Senate almost certainly will not convict him. They just don't have the votes. Now the Supreme Court threw two lawsuits out, which accused Donald Trump of violating the emoluments clause of the constitution, which now ends a four year legal battle over the former president's businesses. So the, the accusation here is that Donald Trump was enriching himself in office. Now, of course, he wasn't. He lost a lot of money. He didn't accept a salary to be president. And his businesses lost a lot of money because leftists attacked the people that were doing business with him. And they used legal mechanisms as well to try to uh, take away his ability to make money and his family's ability to make money. Okay. Well, the watchdog group Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, or CREW, decided to file one of these emoluments lawsuits the day after Trump was inaugurated back in 2017. Attorneys General of uh, D.C. and Maryland brought similar lawsuit in June of that same year, and now it's over. So that, that attempt to persecute the president also out. 
And then even better, beyond all the Trump stuff, there's even better news coming out of the Senate. Mitch McConnell has now come out and announced that one of the greatest fears that we all had if Democrats got unified government is not going to come true. One of the, maybe the single biggest fear was that Democrats would kill the filibuster. And they had promised that they were going to kill the filibuster. So we had to take them seriously when they were saying they would do this. Why did it matter if they killed the filibuster? Filibuster is not in the constitution. It hasn't existed for the entire history of the U.S. Senate because what the filibuster does is it slows down legislation and it requires a longer deliberation and it permits senators to hold up radical legislation. So if you have the filibuster, you can prevent the most radical policies. If you kill the filibuster, then all of a sudden Democrats can add DC and Puerto Rico as states. They can pack the Supreme Court. They can do all the scary things they wanted to do. Mitch McConnell announces, quote, today, two Democratic senators publicly confirmed they will not vote to end the legislative filibuster. They agree with President Biden's, in my view, that no Senate majority should destroy the right of future minorities of both parties to help shape legislation. The legislative filibuster was a key part of the foundation beneath the Senate's last 50-50 power sharing agreement in 2001. With With these assurances, I look forward to moving ahead with a power sharing agreement modeled on that precedent. So part of the reason that McConnell was able to work this out and prevent killing the filibuster is because the Democrats don't have an outright majority in the Senate, right? It's 50-50 right now in the U.S. Senate, but Kamala Harris, vice president, can serve as that tie-breaking vote in the Senate under the Constitution. So they've got this kind of bare sort of majority, but it's a little tricky, and it really matters when you figure out who's going to make committee appointments, who's going, who's going to run the Senate because the, the majority leader has so many additional privileges. So McConnell comes out and he says, okay, we'll do a power sharing agreement. It'll be, that's all fine, but you've got to agree not to kill the filibuster. Biden signals he's willing to do that because Biden right now is governing through executive order anyway, and he's governing through the bureaucratic state. And this, this is why we shouldn't celebrate too much that we've preserved the Senate and the legislature. I mean, that's going to prevent a lot of radicalism, but don't forget in this country, we are not governed by the system that the constitution establishes, at least not directly and not in any really recognizable way. The, the body that really governs us, that really writes most of the laws that affect our lives, it's not the House, it's not the Senate, it's the administrative state. It's the bureaucracy. You call it the deep state. You call it the executive agencies, whatever you want to call it. And they are still working unperturbed. Th- these are the egghead technocrats who come out and then one day they say, okay, you've You've all got to wear masks. And then they say, you shouldn't wear masks. And then they say, you got to wear two masks. And then they say, you got to jump up and down on a pogo stick and put a donut on your head. And we just go along with it. And they write all those little regulations. And they really do have teeth, a lot of those regulations. And the courts defer to the agencies to interpret their own statutes. So while the bureaucracy is still running roughshod over our constitutional order, the media are backing them up. I actually have to say, you know how much I hate to say I told you so. We covered, for many, many months, we've covered the masks, which I've said from the beginning are extremely stupid. And some people disagreed with me at the beginning. Now I think everybody agrees with me. Then, then, just the other day, they said that there's, there's a new rule. Everyone's got to start wearing two masks. And I thought about this for a second. I said, wait, uh, first of all, you told us all not to wear masks. Then you told us we had to wear masks. Then you're, now you're telling us to wear two masks. 
I'm no scientist. I'm no expert. But I think pretty soon they're going to be telling us to wear three masks. Right? I believe I said this on the show yesterday or the day before. Well, tuning into CNBC, you can see former Fox News anchor Shepard Smith comes out, gives a great big old report on the efficacy, the genius of wearing three masks. Since the start of the pandemic, experts have urged us to do three things. Wash our hands, maintain social distance, and wear a mask all the time. Not when you feel like it, all the time, when you're not eating and drinking. But now the experts say with these variants, it's time to double up and wear two. This morning, Dr. Fauci endorsed the, endorsed the idea on the Today Show. Okay, fine. So Fauci comes out and supports the double masks. I do want to correct Shepard Smith here. He said that the experts told us to wear masks from the beginning. They didn't tell us to wear masks from the beginning. They actually explicitly told us not to wear masks from the beginning. Fauci said it was stupid to wear masks and wouldn't do anything. And the Surgeon General of the United States said in all caps, multiple exclamation points, stop buying masks, people. So Shep got that completely wrong, but fine. Afterward, then they said, we all have to start wearing masks. Then they continue with their brilliant report. Experts say you can double up with a tight weave fabric mask for added protection. Now, Virginia Tech researchers found that doubling up these cloth masks increases the efficacy from 50 to 75 percent. A three-layer mask could block up to 90 percent of the particles. And if you're layering your mask, the disposable surgical mask goes on first, and then the tight-fitting fabric mask goes right over the top. And then you can put the burqa over your head and then you won't have any particle come at you at all and you'll be wearing a burlap sack. And then, then we'll finally be safe. Then we can get back to normal when we're all covered, not just in full niqab, but full burqa. Then we're all back to normal here in America. Follow the science. Now, you know, I'm, I'm not a, obviously I'm not a scientist in a certain sense. I guess I'm an expert scientist, but I, you know, I don't have a fancy white lab coat. I don't have some sinecure at some administrative agency. But And just hear me out. If the, the one and then the two, and then you do the three, what it, sh- should we just, should, should we quadruple mask? Is that, because, because that lady on Shepard Smith's show says that, that two masks is 75% effective. Now, what does that mean? Uh, effective? I don't know. It's just a number, you know, from some of the geniuses with their spreadsheets. And then three masks is 90% effective. So by, by my, that's a 15% increase. So by my calculation, four masks would be 105% effective. And I don't want to be too ambitious here. Five masks, right? Follow me. That would be 120% effective. Can you imagine how much healthier you would be? you'd be 20% healthier than you are right now. Man, you, I don't know, you could live to be 110 at that point. So I don't know, I'm going to keep trying to work out my theory of masks. It seems that the, the Fauci scientific technocratic theory of masks keeps changing day by day, but I'm going to keep working out mine too. I'm going to come in here tomorrow. I'm going to have 20 masks on my face. I'm going to be the healthiest man in America. <laughs> the, the other reason I wanted to mention this little segment from Shep Smith's new show at CNBC is I, I was reminded watching this, just what losers conservatives are, just what, what losers we are, how stupid we are. Shepard Smith, 
was the main daytime anchor at the putatively conservative cable news channel, the cable news channel, for years. And he's a huge lib. And he was always a huge lib. CNN does not do that. CNN does not make, first of all, they don't hire any conservative. Not one, not one single conservative does CNN have on staff. Certainly they don't make the conservative the anchor of their daytime news programming. MSNBC does not have one single conservative, not one on staff. Those, those cable networks have some kind of like squishy people that they're like kind of like Joe Scarborough, right? Who's a liberal, but he pretends to be a conservative. You think of an Anna Navarro who is a liberal. Everything she does advances the liberal cause, but she kind of, she goes on and her Chiron says she's a conservative, right? So they have those people who pretend, but they're not actually the thing. Shepard Smith actually is a huge lib. And we conservatives, we say, oh no, look, we have to, we got to put the liberals on all the time. The real liberals. Why? Why do we have to do that? <laughs> why, why are we playing by a completely different set of rules that is not particularly moral, not particularly ethical. It's not as though we can appeal to some higher moral principle here as to why we do this, as to why we promote a bunch of insane progressivism on our platforms, but we do, we do. It's so lame. It, it gets back to the story. I keep coming back to the story of the Harriet Tubman $20 bill kicking out Andrew Jackson because it, because it relates to this primary left-wing campaign of trying to reframe American history. And we just go along with it. We just say, oh yeah, totally. No, yeah. Andrew Jackson, he's bad. And Jefferson, he's bad too. You know, in Washington, he wasn't so great. He owned slaves. And yeah, no, American history is, it's bad. But, but it's not the worst thing in the world. I don't know. We just keep, we keep negotiating against ourselves and we keep gobbling up liberal premises. It's just so lame. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we're up against the entire liberal establishment, the entire edifice that involves the bureaucracy, as we've noted, and the now elected government and the media, certainly, and Hollywood and tech and education. I was watching a little clip, certainly not the whole show, but I was watching George Stephanopoulos, you know, the ex-Clinton communications director, White House communications director, Clinton's hatchet man, who then becomes the totally objective, serious news anchor at a mainstream network, television network, not just a cable network, but an actual network network, George Stephanopoulos. So he's previewing his show on ABC and they're playing clips. And one of the clips they want to get to is Chuck Schumer's speech about the insurrection. Take a, take a listen to their, their version of Chuck Schumer's speech. America's 46th president confronts multiple crises as the Senate prepares to try a former president for the first time. Senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John Trump incited the insurrection. Is that what he said? Hold on. I, I know we played that clip yesterday on the show. Did he say senators will have to decide if Donald John Trump incited the insurrection? Is that what? Let's just go. I think we still have it in the queue from, from yesterday. What did Chuck Schumer actually say? Senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection, insurrection against the United States. Oh, right. That's what he said. Oh, that's a little different, isn't it? 
Stephanopoulos, he didn't play that clip. He had his editors go in and manipulate the video. Not, not it would seem just for clarity because the, the word erection took what, one second, two seconds. It did, it's not like, it, it's not as though they needed to cut it down for timing. He cl- cut it down to make Chuck Schumer look better because our state run TV for the liberal dominant regime in the United States would make Kim Jong-un blush. It would make Xi Jinping blush. It's, oh, he'd be embarrassed. He'd say, gosh, guys, we're being a little transparent, being a little on the nose here. That's what we have in the United States. That is the regime we're up against. And we conservatives, we just go along with it as though this is some kind of fair game. As though, oh yes, no, we get rid of American history. That's fine. Oh yeah, all our revered forebears, they're bad. Yeah, they're, they're awful. Oh yes, no, we need to have a bunch of liberals on our conservative TV network. That's the only way it's fair. No, uh-uh, buddy. <laughs> the left controls everything. Well, why on earth are you giving them even one inch, even one iota? Well, because they want unity. Yeah, they want unity, do they? <laughs> Is that right? Joe Biden wants unity, huh? That's why on day one in office, he eliminates the <laughs> legal recognition of sexual difference difference between men and women, obliterates girls' bathrooms, at least by executive order, practically probably won't be able to be put into effect, much to his chagrin, eliminates girls' sports, eliminates a government commission seeking to cast our history in less than a terrible, awful light. Well, it's unity, right? Uh, I don't think so. There is some hope in our politics and actually, it's not, it's not just purely partisan. It's not just purely Republicans good, Democrats bad. Democrats almost always bad in our public life, but Republicans not so great either a lot of the time. However, there, there is an exception here to this dichotomy. Tulsi Gabbard. You know, the conservatives for a long time now have said very nice things about Tulsi Gabbard. They've sort of fallen in love with her. I think in part, as you can see from the online commentary, it's because she's a very good looking woman, very beautiful woman. And so some of that affects, but, but a lot of the reason conservatives have liked her is because she's broken with her party on certain issues. And I have been a little reticent. I've been a little reluctant to totally get on board the Tulsi train. I've liked a lot of things she said, but I've been fooled once. I've been fooled twice. I have had my heart broken by Democratic politicians who I thought were trying to change things a little bit. So I've held out. But I have to tell you, Tulsi Gabbard is coming out and showing that she has, if not perfect moral clarity, at least extraordinary political clarity. The mob that stormed the Capitol on January 6th to try to stop Congress from carrying out its constitutional responsibilities were behaving like domestic enemies of our country. But let's be clear, the John Brennans, Adam Schiff's, and the oligarchs in big tech who are trying to undermine our constitutionally protected rights and turn our country into a police state with KGB-style surveillance are also domestic enemies and much more powerful and therefore dangerous than the mob that stormed the Capitol. Be still my beating heart. Oh my gosh. Because she, she begins this clip in a way that you, you think, okay, here we go. Here's another one. Yeah, the Capitol thing. It was the worst thing that's ever happened. It's worse than Pearl Harbor, right? That's how she begins it. But no, she says, yeah, the Capitol thing was very bad. I think, I think we agree with that, right? I think we all basically agree. But 
what the liberal dominant regime, what this blob, what this wicked, corrupt, rotten establishment is doing is not only just as bad, but because they're so much more powerful, because it's so much more vast and it penetrates so much deeper into society, it's much, much more dangerous than what we saw at the Capitol. Absolutely 100% correct. She is seeing something that I would say probably most elected Republicans aren't seeing. And then Tulsi gives her evidence. Now John Brennan said, So I know looking forward that the members of the, the Biden team who have been nominated or have been appointed are now moving in laser-like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about what looks very similar to insurgency movements that we've seen overseas, Mm -hmm. where they germinate in different parts of a country and they gain strength and it brings together an unholy alliance frequently of religious religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, bigots, uh, racists, nativists, uh, even libertarians. Now, President Biden... I call upon you and all members of Congress from both parties to denounce these efforts by the likes of Brennan and others to take away our civil liberties that are endowed to us by our creator and guaranteed in our constitution. If you don't stand up to these people now, then our country will be in great peril. That speech, that clarity that Tulsi Gabbard is exhibiting has knocked away my reticence, my reluctance. She's still not a, a you know, perfect politician, but goodness gracious, does she see something? Goodness gracious, that's leadership. And it's, it's not even just this kind of cheap thing where you know a Democrat becomes a Republican and we all point to her and say, oh, she's my favorite Democrat or something. Because she's not really becoming a Republican. It's something a little bit different than that. She's pointing out the blob. She's pointing out that corrupt establishment. I love actually in that clip she plays from John Brennan, the talk about the swampiest of the swamp creatures, deep stateiest of the deep state creatures. John Brennan, I believe he also voted for a communist for president once. Seriously. And again, actual communist candidate for president. John Brennan uh, comes out and he says, look, we're seeing in the United States a kind of dissident movement that we've seen in the dissident movements in other countries that try to destabilize the regime. Now, pause for a second. (laughs) When John Brennan and his fellow travelers see dissident movements in other places, they usually say they're really great. Usually they love them. They kind of encourage these dissident movements, but they, they certainly don't encourage dissident movements in the United States. And did you hear what, what he refers to as the dissident movement? So he, the classic, he castigates Americans as racists and bigots and the nativist. Well, hold on. That's a little different. Nativist, really there you're just saying, maybe we should reduce immigration. We, now we let like 2 million people in a year. We have the most broad open borders immigration regime in the history of the world. Maybe we should bring that down. 60% of Americans, according to at least one Harvard Harris poll, think that we should do that that we should, the majority of Americans believe we should, we should bring immigration, including legal immigration down substantially. So hold on, nativist? Well, what, so you just don't want open borders? Okay. And then libertarians? <laughs> libertarians now? Look, I mean, I'll, I'm happy to knock the libertarians just as much as anybody, but that is your example of a hateful, awful, terrible group. Libertarians? 
By the way, this just underscores my point that I often make to libertarians, which is you're never going to get the left to like you. They hate you and they think you're a neo-Nazi. So stop trying to suck up to the left. But that's what they mean. That these guys who, who sort of run the blob, they're figures in the dominant liberal regime. They, they, they might love dissident movements abroad. They don't like the dissident movements here at home. Anything that, that challenges their established power which is why they are undertaking this radical program with Joe Biden as their vessel, good old moderate Scranton Joe as the vessel of this extraordinarily radical program to undermine the very foundations of the country, undermine our framing of American history, how we understand ourselves. And it's no coincidence that Biden is undertaking this radical sexual policy in his first days in office, all the transgender bills to undermine even human nature itself, to push forward this progressive agenda that seeks to revolutionize not just our country, but human nature itself. That is a very scary project. We should welcome any support we can from any corners we can. Even Tulsi Gabbard, even a Democrat, uh, to, to undermine that effort, to stand athwart that history, that historicism, that, that theory of progress and yell, stop. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup by Nika Geneva. And production coordinator, McKenna Waters. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. A massive spike in homicides all across the country isn't getting the media attention it deserves. Joe Biden continues his spree of executive orders and... We'll track the evolution in masking guidance from don't wear a mask to wear three masks. All of that and much more today on The Matt Walsh Show.